0: to the Wrap It Up Podcast. It's your host, Amadu Karoma, and I'm back with another episode, and I'm back with another guest. Yes, another guest for the second season of the Wrap It Up Podcast, and this episode is going to be the start of something new. I won't share what it is until the end of the episode, and he doesn't know as well, but at the end of the day, it's going to be something special for you all. So, without further ado, the guest that I'm bringing on to this podcast is... Not only a professional, but a teacher, in fact. But outside of that, the way I met him was interesting. And I'm not going to go into too much details with that, but I just think it's a good way to transition and start this episode. So enough
1: rambling for me. Sam, how are you doing today? What's up? What's up? What's going on? Um, this is Sam Best. I'm doing great today. Um, it's just a, I'm excited to be here. Um, this is an amazing experience I, I've never uh, done a pe- podcast before so um, this is going to be cool
0: <laughs> yeah man don't worry yeah. you get used to it you'll get used to it you have a lot of questions coming your way a teacher right. anyways <laughs> uh,
1: yeah but yeah. normally I'm, I'm, I'm giving out the questions yes sir
0: <laughs> yes sir
1: well that's good I'm just gonna get
0: straight into it so mm-hmm. kind of take me back to how you got to the road of being a teacher like what made you become a school teacher.
1: Right. Um, So uh, what made me become a school teacher? Um, So I got to kind of preface this um, with giving you a little bit of my background. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I'm a kid from from Richmond, Virginia, um, born and raised, um, but partly raised in New York. Um, And my mother um, was actually in education like, you know, all of my life. Um, So um, when we moved Um, From uh, New York um, back down to um, Richmond, she was in education like, you know, since um, we had been here. Um, She started out as a substitute and then um, in special education. Um, And um, we we were we actually came down from New York when I was in like the fourth grade going into fifth grade. So like a very pivotal time Um, as well as, you know, like, you know, I had younger siblings. I'm the oldest of five. Um, so you know, I had younger siblings, mm. um kind of like looking up to me, yeah, I know right. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, just being here in Richmond, um seeing the trials that my mom was going through throughout the years in education right. um really um discouraged me. <laughs> like I was not, um, you know, I was like, oh no,, uh, education or teaching is not for me, even right. though I just had a gift um, of teaching, like just you know, authentically, like, just who I am, um, you know, it was, it was just something that was born within me, um, and I say, you know, it's from my, like, you know, my mom and, uh, my dad, he's a creative as well, um, right. so, you know, just very, um, very creative, very expository. you know, in, in just the way that I, um, um, talk to people. And so, you know, just um, that was just a natural gift for me. So fast forward, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to go to medical school, you know, so I went to UVA. Um, typical story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The typical, you know, the <laughs> typical story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just every everything um, that, you know, I thrived in were the liberal arts, you know, just it was just, you know, it was kind of like meant to be, um, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, I went on, um, I, I did religious studies. Um, so that's mm-hmm. like my background, um, mm-hmm. you know, by faith background, you know, I'm Christian. Um, but in religious studies, you um, dive into all different types of religions. And so I was very intrigued um, by that. Um, initially, and enjo- initially wanting to learn and wanting to learn more about that. Um, so that kind of led me to Duke University, um, where I went to divinity school there. Um, So, you know, like the trajectory of my life has kind of been in education um, and like in the classroom. Um, So, you know, I once I got out of Duke, um, Duke is a United Methodist like institution. Right. um, And the first job, you know, that I got, um, lo and behold, was a United Methodist um, uh, charter school um, here in Richmond. Can you Uh, go into
0: the United Methodist for those that don't know?
1: Yeah. Um, so United Methodist is um, one of the like church traditions um, that, you know, kind of dates all the way back to, um, I want to say the 1700s tradition, like which is Catholic, like Catholicism. Yes. Um, there are two main differences. So you got Catholicism on one side and then you have what is called um, Protestantism on the other side. And that's where you see most of the American, you know, church Denominations or Christian denominations, and from that Protestant movement, um, Methodism is one of them. Um, so that's you know the United Methodist. That's kind of like a little, a little um, quick history of uh, the United Methodist Church. And so you know, do uh, a lot of schools were first um, given, um, money, you know, right. um, by the church, um, to form up. And so most schools, um, have their lineage, um, so to speak, um, from the church. Um, if you think about it, like the, the monies, you know, that were kind of laid up and stored up, um, kind of really, um, invested in a lot of these, um, academic, and it, and that goes back, you know, to history, you know. Yeah, that's um, definitely history. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, um, it. Right, right. And, you know, most Baptists, if you've heard of, like, the Baptist tradition, um, yeah. most Baptist um, churches have given to a lot of universities and, and colleges um, over the right. years. So, yeah, so that's a little little tidbit there. I'm already getting <laughs>
0: educated by the teacher, man. I, this, right. this is only 11 minutes in. I'm already Look, getting educated. I told you, it's just a natural <laughs> gift. Yeah. It's just uh, natural. <laughs> that's, that's great. I mean, that's great to hear because it seems like, your calling was in school. You was in school for a majority of your life and you're just constantly in that environment and that environment kind of spoke to you. If I'm not wrong, it it seems that way. So No, no, you're right. (laughs) You know, getting to that place that you are now, what is that life like now that you're just a school teacher?
1: Like what was that day-to-day life when you was at your previous school? The first first school, yeah. The day-to-day life, um, so I started out um, more on the behavioral health side. Um, so I was like a behavioral coach, um, so to speak, you know, someone who really like um documents and takes data on the ch- children's behaviors um, right. and consistent consistent with their um kind of trajectory throughout their time in the school um day. Um, so more on the behavior side, not necessarily um, on the academic side of things. Um, but you know, you know, me, it's going to just flow out of me anyway. And so, um, there was a high turnover, um, and turnover, like a lot of teachers quitting, um, and leaving. Um, and so I was always left in the classroom by myself, (laughs) um, you know, which, which was, um, it, it wasn't the best, um, but I made it happen. Um, because I had the gifting, you know, to kind of, um, t- you know, take on both roles, um, it, you know, it, it, it within the, like, you know, the school, um, being able to handle the behaviors, but also, you know, having a gift in to teach. Um, right. And, you know, the subjects that I taught were math and history um, for sixth, seventh and eighth grade Right. Um, middle school, so um, so it was, you know, it was kind of easy and to adapt into that um, because I had already been there three years, kind of hearing what you know, seeing how the teacher operated. Oh, I was always paired with the teacher, so like the behavior specialists or the support coaches um, right. are always paired with a teacher. Um, yeah, so you see it firsthand. You know. We see it firsthand, Um, but the teacher would always leave. Would always quit. (laughs) So um, it would like leave me by myself, and so like I we had this running joke. Um, It was like you know like uh, what what is it about me that all the teachers keep on leaving? Or no, I was uh, it's not me. I'm actually a really nice guy. (laughs) But um, but no, like seriously, we would we would say like man, like you know I'm just I, I was like I'm just used to being by myself in the classroom, you know, um, you know, I'm just used to it, but, um, you know, I was able, um, to officially get the job in the title, um, back in 2019, um, they, you know, they saw that I was dedicated, I was, you know, committed, and I had the gift of teaching, um, and so they put me kind of on the teacher track, um, being that my degrees were not in education, um, per se. Um, I had to go the route of getting my provisional teaching license, um, which I still have. Um, and it, it was specifically for special education um, for K through 12. Um, right. I also took like a course um, at VCU um, on teaching education, um, special education. And, right. um, you know, that was amazing. I really liked that that course. Um, it was all online. But the year um, after the world kind of, like collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, we we remember it. We 40, remember what yeah, I, I don't yeah. even like
1: saying it, you know. Yeah. Um, so imagine being a new teacher, and literally you can't finish your first year of teaching, um, due to COVID, um, COVID nineteen. And so you know, like it, it was a lot of quick learning for me. Um, right. It was. I, I kind of see it as a blessing in disguise a little bit because. I had already um, modeled the way that I teach um, to adopt an online model um so I was kind of already strictly online as it pertains to like my court like the syllabus and everything you know right. that I have for the kids. Yes. Um, they would get on a Google classroom and I was using Google classroom and um, you know I wasn't uh, too much keen on using like Google meets um but i I was um, really heavily in um, Google Classroom, um, utilizing that model, um, how they turn in work. Um, I would still have paperwork um, from time to time for the kids who kind of, you know, did better with that. But from most of the students, uh, using like the tab, not the tablets, but their Chromebooks um, was like a better option. And, you know, making presentations, Google Slides, you know, all of that uh, good stuff. Um, so it was easy for me to make the switch over to um, virtual learning um, when when COVID actually uh, took the world by storm. <laughs> well,
0: that's 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 great to hear, because, like, you know, with the teaching journey, is that how it is now for you, where it's just mainly online and you kind of have like the duality of being in person and online because of COVID and all of that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of just took that as my, like the way that I do things. Um, adapted everything to be online. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, um, that's just, different. Yeah, it is different. And but, um, when you're teaching in special education, you really gotta, um, kind of cater to the need of the the student. One hundred percent. Specifically, you know, so if a student um had a harder time using the Chromebook or using the computer. I would definitely have paper options for them, and most of the students, um, you know, would would like that option. Um, So I would always, you know, I'll have it online first, like that's how I do it initially. But then I'll print out, you know. um, Okay, so that flexibility, wonderful, wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind me asking, like, because of the kind of students in the age group of students you dealt with, these students mm-hmm. are kind of going through a lot of phases, a lot of change in their life where they're going from kind of understanding what it is to be a boy, to an adolescent, right. and then they they think they're a man, they think they're a grown woman already. So what kind oh, of right. challenges do you face from time to time when you're trying to teach these students, whether that be education or just small little life lessons, because those can kind of slip through the clocks a little bit as a teacher
1: yeah um so a lot of a lot of it is just you know foundational stuff um especially in middle school because it's such a pivotal time um, right. for these kids um moving i don't know what is about that age but moving from 10 years old to 11 years old is like a big jump yeah, nice. um,
0: <laughs> yes and
1: you think about it it's a big jump um Physically, um, physically, a lot of things are changing. Right. Emotionally, um, you got a lot um, changing socially. Hundred um, yep. percent. Yeah, man. I, I think you could remember back to when you started uh, middle school. Um, right. You know how, how how things were. You know for you. Um, you know I could think back into like going right into. Um, sixth grade, like how scared I was, you know, uh, fifth grade was kind of like, we were the big dogs, you know, but then I'm um, kind of moving back down. Yeah. Um, you're moving
0: back down the chain. Right, again, yeah.
1: right. Um, and so, you know, just think about like what a kid is, is going through just, um, you know, just, uh, personally, um, but then actually at home, you know, um, what's going on at home, um, right. things are changing there. Um, a lot of the students that I would serve Um, had a lot of um, home issues, Um, you know, trauma. Um, We did a lot of trauma-informed care um, at our school. Um, You know, it it was tough. Uh, A lot of these, you know, behaviors um, were because um, things were going on and weren't so good at home. Um, So um, that being said, a lot of the instruction was adapted um, or modified um, very flexible to meet that need. Um, because if a kid is coming to your class in the morning, hungry, um, didn't eat last night, um, you know, it's a totally different good morning than, you know, um, somebody I mean, that's well-fed, well, yeah. That's right. Um, you know, or just just any issues that will come up for these kids. Um, so, you know, I, I found myself a lot of times having to take on a lot more roles um, other than being a teacher, um sometimes I was a social worker. you know, sometimes I was the parent. <laughs> you know um, you know, sometimes you you just had to meet the need um, of the kid. and then um then we can talk about instruction, then we can talk about actually um get into the work. So these kids are are growing um at right. a rate, you know that's kind of like, you know, it's uh, amazing, you know, to see. Um, you know, I, I just remember from my my point of view, my vantage point when I was in sixth grade, I wasn't handling even half of what, you know, kids today were um, kind of going through and handling and just just being exposed to, you know, um, yeah, social I think media the difference alone. Yeah, exposure. Yeah, right, like you're exposed right. to a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah, like we got to kind of talk about it. Um, and, you know, it can't be something that we don't um, talk about, especially in Um, the education realm, you know, we got to talk about what these kids are facing, um, what these kids are up against, what these kids are seeing, because they see us for six to eight hours, right? But then they go home, you know? Um, And we, a lot of times, are their safe space, right? So, you know, a lot of the kids that we served um, would break bad or act bad with us because we were their safe space, because Mm. they knew you know, that they were protected, that we were not going to kind of ice them out if they curse us out. You right. Know? They, you right. Know? So it was it was it, you know, as, as bad as it may seem, oh, no. um, <laughs> you know, a lot of that development. And I've learned, you know, that even with that, you got to hold the, the kid accountable um, for how they treat people. Right. So you're trying to train them how to do it the right way. Um, you know, I'm, I don't go against people's parents, but I do tell them what the standard is in my class, you know, so you're, it might be okay for you to talk to your parents like that or your, um, guardians like that, but I have a whole different standard and kids understood that, um, when they came to my class, you know, they would not try that. Um, you know, like, you know, I'm going to be respectful towards you. Um, the least you can do is reciprocate that same action. You know, so a lot of it is modeling for these kids, um, the behaviors and the traits that you want them, hopefully, to pick up on, um, you know. And so, yeah, that middle school age, boy, it is definitely um, – it's definitely – It's something. Um, I'm not going yeah, yeah, to lie to you. It is
0: something. I respect that because a lot of the time – you know, when people talk about teachers, they talk about just them just kind of doing the job of a teacher, like, hey, like, yeah. read X textbook, read X this. But the, uh-huh. these kind of times when you have to wear multiple hats, it goes, yeah. it goes under the radar because... It you do you do spend a lot of time with these children, and you start to learn so much about children's lives, like on a daily basis. And then yeah. you realize, like, there's just certain things that not that aren't right for them in order for them to improve in that environment. And there could be a multitude of reasons why these things don't work out sometimes. But for you as a teacher, you kind of get that that bird's eye view to everything like you, you see the the person as a student but then you also see the person as just a regular person like a human being how their life is being constructed and what's preventing them from being successful in school or maybe not even being successful in school just being a better person in general right. i feel like that that's something that's underrated about teachers and i i know that some teachers that actually you know take their job to the level that they should for the most part they 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 wear multiple hats and it's 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 commendable it's a commendable feat that's why i wanted to talk to a school teacher such as yourself because this is these are the kind of conversations that you know need to be had or need to be spoken about more because it's it's very important because especially in those formative years like like Mm -hmm. middle school like the kids are going through puberty this is where they like start to grow and they start to like harden some ideas that they had in their head and they kind of grow with it right. as they go on to try to be an adult. Right. So that, that actually leads me to my next question. Like, what does mm-hmm. teaching mean to you? What does it really mean to you? When you, you hear the definition of teaching, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, so um, teaching to me, um, I would really say is like the lifeblood of like critical thinking, engagement, and creativity. Um, mm. Like it, it's the foundation for all of that. You know, one kind of like comes alive in the classroom, um, so to speak. And um, right. from what I've seen, I've seen kids um, on their journey. Um, and most of the time it's kind of hard because a lot of times the um, systems at play will label a kid, right, a certain thing. Um, and a lot of times you would see them have to perform that label in the classroom. Oh, I'm just a bad kid you know, or I'm just this, or this is me, this is my label, um, so to speak, Uh, this is what, I'm just always going to be a bad kid, Um, but when you can see that kid make progress and strides, like, it's, it's the best feeling, like, ever, Um, you know, and so it really, like, is the foundation of that, so even the worst kid, you know, can, um, he will have some trouble, or he or she um, I want to just say he um, they will have some like troubles and some trials, but um, they can um, they can turn it around. They can they can become right um, within the classroom. Um, so I would definitely say like the lifeblood um, of creativity, um, you know, finding their niche, finding what 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 excites them, what 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 um, what's their, you know, um, focus, like what, what do they want to do? Um, all kids have a motivating uh, kind of um, uh, stimulus, right? Like a motivating right. uh, thing. And when I you know can... I know what Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, what was that? What was that for you?
0: That motivating stimulus as a kid, especially in middle school? Oh, man. It had to be, like, obviously doing well for my parents and making them yeah. proud that I'm, I'm yeah. going to school and I'm doing well academically right. speaking. So then I could take the next step into going to college. So it was, that was like one yeah. of the big motivating stimuluses right. it can be different for every kid, but you know, from mm-hmm. me coming from an African background, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like uh, education different. is paramount, you know, <laughs> education right. is paramount. So yeah, yeah. That, that was my motivating stimulus. But I mean, what was some of the kids motivating stimulus that you find? I know there's different right. ones for different, kids so what did you kind of stumble upon
1: yeah um a lot of different um you know um motivators and so some of them were for the most part um to keep up uh the i don't want to say like i already said like performance but to keep up their um kind of um credibility uh it's, it's, mm. just, it's at the 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 top of my tongue um at uh, the tip of my tongue. Uh they're kinda like uh what what is it's the word I'm looking for. Um kind of like, you know, um this is this is who they are. Um right. like their, their image their image, there we go. Yeah, that's that's is, what I was saying.
0: Is, um,
1: just keep up their image, their appearance. So um like if they, you know, are are from you know, if they're from the hood, or if they're from like um a certain place, they're gonna um put on that image, um, right. and that is their motivator, right? Mm. To look good in front of um such and such. A lot of they're motivated, like you said, for their parents. Um, sometimes it's the parent. Um, a lot of uh, times they want that attention from uh, mom or that attention from dad both negative and positive. No, that's so, so true. That's so yeah, true. Yeah, and so they that would be a great motivator, a big motivator. Sometimes I'm the motivator, right? Like sometimes the teacher um, is the motivator. And so if you have students who are really, and I had this one student, um, I'll never forget. Um, all I had to say to this one student was, I'm really disappointed in you um, for making that decision. right. Um, and they would just break down like that, like that one comment would like kind of like really make like shake them, you know. Wow. But then there was another student I would literally have to run chase after. And then, you know, he's hopping on cars and or, you know, um, just different things. But, you know, kids have different motivators for that student. Right. The motivator might have been like he needs some type of physical content, like, like he needs, um, somebody to like, um, you know, because he doesn't really get that at home, Mm. um, may, um, need that, that father figure, um, or in some cases that mother, motherly figure, um, you know, so it, a lot of times, um, the teacher or the instructor then becomes the motivator. Um, it can be both positives and negatives, um, in that, um, sometimes grades, their grades are the motivators. Yeah, um, you know that's a big one um, for some students. They do not like um, getting uh, Bs or you know Cs. Um, yeah, I know.
0: I know some students it, like that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and then some are on the flip side. They do not care what the grade grade is, so you know they're okay with an F. Um, right. And so, um, like that, is um, definitely a motivator. I think being social. Um, It can be a motivator. Um, For some kids, they need the um, they need the crowd. Right. They need their peers, uh, okays, and um, to like kind of egg them on and um, definitely, um, you know, kind of motivate them in negative ways sometimes. And sometimes it's a positive um, motivator, Um, like if they're doing something new and they kind of like, oh, you did good. You did well with that. Um, you know, sometimes that social piece um, is is a motivator as well. So
0: yeah, I think yeah. that social piece that you you know you refer to, I I'll probably share something personal because, like I said, I did mention that my parents were like a, a major factor, and you said whether mm-hmm. positive or negative. So yeah, there, there was there was there was a positive factor to the fact that yes, like I'm doing well in school, like I'm performing to a level that's respectable. But right. then at the same time, there's this. insane amount of pressure from my parents that if you don't do well, you won't get attention, you won't get some of the things that you want, and I'm not saying that they directly say, oh, I'm not giving you attention, but it was felt like if you Um, weren't performing well, and especially in our African household, just to give you a bit of background, Mm -hmm. you know, the way Education is looked at, it's more of a coming from a place of uh, safety because they, okay. they seem that to be the, the easiest route or the safest route for someone to be successful, you know, right. going through the education route. This mm-hmm. is the, this is like your one chance to the American dream, you know, go to school, go to mm. college, get get the degree, I, and then you're yeah. here. So yeah. during that time, it's like the pressure is kind of ramping. And as you get to high school, it just keeps going and then college and, and then so on and so forth. So right. that pressure, like basically they're, you know, they're betting their future on you. So that mm. pressure is rampant. So yes, yeah. the motivator was to do well and make them mm. proud and happy. But then also that negative part was if I didn't do well, if I didn't do that, mm. a lot of things would, would not be great. Like in terms of the relationship, right. you know what I mean? Because they sacrificed mm. a, lot, a lot for us to be here. Yeah. Like, just in general, like parents do sacrifice a lot for us to be in the positions that we're in. But especially from, you know, the Africans part of things or just immigrant families in general, mm-hmm. there is a lot of pressure for them to really just find the safest way to get to the next level for their children. And therefore, the children can kind of support them in the future. So that was just right. something personal I wanted to bring up because, yes, the no. social status mm-hmm. is is important because mm-hmm. I mean that helps out with the friends that you cultivate, especially our good friends. Like you guys, support. kind of compete with each other. Like right. like, oh yeah, I did A's and B's here. What did you get? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and you see it, mm-hmm. but also yeah. this kind of other factor in the back of your head is just like if I don't do well, it's not going to be good at home. And there yeah. was time, there was a time where I didn't do well, and yeah, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't great, yeah. but. At the end of the day, I made through. And it's just that kind of reality that you kind of mm-hmm. see. and I reckon you see that quite a lot as a teacher,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, and some to just piggyback on what you said, that's a beautiful way of like seeing that communal like understanding in African culture, um, you know, like that it, it that piece alone um is a driving force and a big motivator, like for a lot of people. And I would even say in African-American culture, um, you know, like it's not just, um, I know that there are major differences. Um, I have friends, you know, like friends from Ghana, friends from um, Nigeria, like my uncle, um, like he's, he's um, Nigerian. um, He married into the family. Um, But, you know, so like I kind of, yeah, yeah. It was probably big. (laughs) I can tell. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I can um, we always had these discussions, um, especially with my friends, um, and when we were at UVA, um, cause I did not understand it. Like, and you kind of clarified a lot, um, of that in what you just said, I did not understand that, um, that piece of, um, like it all falling on your shoulders or it all being, um, you know, kind of like a burden, um, to carry, um, and and it, it's it's riding on you, and like you know that, like I was like, man, I could not imagine <laughs> um, if that was the case for me. you know like like I was right. like, I don't know if I would have been able to handle the mental capacity, um, you know, to perform, um, right. and, you know, you know, being fully transparent. It was a culture, a big culture shock. Um, for me coming from, um, Richmond public schools that was predominantly African-American sure. into UVA, which is predominantly, um, white. <laughs> um, and so it, it was, you know, a big culture shock, um, for me. Um, but I was able to learn, do a lot of quick le- learning, right. Um, that first year, um, and develop a lot of skills, um, you know, and how to operate and how to navigate, um, that space, um, Mm. and, you know, be able to, um, you know, take my foundation and my, my background, um, and bring it to the table and not feel ashamed, um, just because, um, I do not have that same understanding. Um, so, you know, I think there's beauty in everybody's story. Um, and if you could just, you know, sit and listen, um, and try to understand, um, um, where one is coming from. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree. Like that, that was, uh, one of one of the, um, better learning experiences at UVA for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's great that you kind of kind of summed it up in that way, because like I said, like from the understanding point of view, um, as you get older, you kind of just understand why, like because mm-hmm. when you kind of growing through the steps of adulting, and right. then you see what kind of life you have to live as an adult, you get why they made that kind of risk yeah. or that gamble. Yeah. Because at the yeah. end of the day, it's like it's their only way. That's the only choice they had. It's not like right. they knew any better. You know, if you right. if you knew if you knew more, then then maybe mm-hmm. it could be different, you know, ignorance is bliss. That's what they say. Right. So you just kind of have to, you have to understand from that perspective. Once you understand from that perspective, it, it makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. It's just, it you know, having that idea and willingness to understand where they're coming from is where a lot of people may struggle. And when you yeah. take your time to sit down and understand why, and you know that this is just kind of how they're raised and mm-hmm. how their the culture was and yeah. whether it be with
1: a different African
0: culture mm-hmm. different generation like there's yeah. multiple factors to it and once you understand it it, it makes it a lot more easy uh, easier pill to swallow than it was yeah. before when yeah. as a kid yeah. it, it seems like a lot it seems scary oh, but yeah, as does. you get older it's like okay it makes right, sense. Right, right, so now exactly. like in the future is like whenever someone, some kid or a kid that's going through something like that, you can mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, give them that perspective yeah. and make them feel like they actually like you actually hear with them. And it's like, you just kind of mm-hmm. have to understand both sides. And that's just what it is at the end of the day of life. You always try right. to understand different perspectives and new perspectives right. that are being brought up as you get older and you're actively trying to learn. Yeah, that's And correct. speaking of actively trying to learn, learning from myself, <laughs> how have you learned from your students how has the master learned oh, yeah. from his students how have you learned oh, yeah. from your students
1: man I learned everything <laughs> um yes the I I would definitely say that um you it's a must you have to learn from your students um how would you accurately um know how to serve your students if not you know right like how would you you would not be able um, to um, r- meet their needs, their true needs, and I see a lot of teachers do that, and I get it. I'm not, um, I'm not saying this to knock anybody's style or knock um, anything um, that, um, especially has come before me, because I'm I'm new in the game. Look, I've, been, I've been I've been in for a little while, well, you've but I've huh? still yes, I have been in for a while, but I'm still <laughs> new to the game. Um, so I don't want to um, ever. Um, Uh, ever um, throw out what has been done. Um, It's a foundation and it's a beautiful foundation um, in education. But um, that being said, there is room for more um, uh, voices, um, more um, points of view in the discussion um, when it comes as it pertains to education. And I think that um, you have to learn from the students. You have to see. um, I I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, sometimes a, I'm a chameleon um, when it mm. comes to when it comes to um, operating within the classroom. I have to see what I'm working with. I gotta, I have to get to know the kids. Um, I have to, you know, put a actual like personality and, and, and body to the language, uh, that I'm getting in their, their write-ups, right. Right. Their, their backgrounds. Um, and so um, a lot of times, you know, I, I used to do this thing. Um, uh, I don't know if, if um, you know, your, your um, listeners would know what an IEP is, um, but an IEP is an individualized education plan, right? And students who, um, you, uh, most students who um, have an I, IEP or individualized plan, um, all kind of Like, you kind of have to adapt um, to that to meet the needs. And there are different accommodations um, that you give students um, for their specific needs. So we would always, at the school I was just at, um, we would always have um, IEPs for each student, right? Each student got an IEP. Um, And I would purposefully, like, you know, not read the write-ups and the, you know, the background and all of that stuff. So that I could meet the student, like that first week, Um, and not because I was being ignorant, you know. To, um, but I wanted to not have this preconceived notion of what the student was going to be. I wanted to meet the student, Um, and that some some students um, are going to give you that honeymoon face. Yes, (laughs) Um, you know they're not going to show you. Right, right, right. (laughs) They they're not going to show you the real. Um, until later into the relationship. Um, But um, one of the things I think that um, was best in that practice is I got to learn from them. You tell me your story, right? Um, How are you going to tell me your story in this um, week? And then, you know, after getting to meet them, getting to know them for a little while, then looking at their detailed, um, okay, all right, so this is why, okay, all right, I got it, you know. Um, They may need a little more time here. They may need breaks here. Right. You know, um, so kind of modifying um, with um, kind of first learning from the student and understanding, um, you know, and then um, kind of looking at that actual educational piece, um, their plan. Right. Um, So one thing I would say is ask for feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely ask for feedback. Um, That's a big thing, um, you know. I even did like, um, surveys, right. Um, surveys for the kids, you know, schools do it, you know, as a whole, you know, but I kind of want to know I'm your homeroom teacher, you know, how did you feel? Um, you know, um, I want to know like that immediate feedback, um, utilizing open discussions. That's something that I, I love to do. Um, you know, I love to hear from the kids, right. You know, like definitely, what are you thinking about this topic? Um, that we're talking about. So I taught like civics and economics. And when I tell you, man, we had some of the best discussions in that class, man. Oh man. Especially like going through um, uh, you know, gosh, when did I start teaching? I guess I started teaching at the tail end of Barack Obama's presidency and then into, you know what, a presidency. Um, So it was a lot. I think just the world in these last uh, six, seven years um, uh, has changed a lot. Uh, Government, right? Um, And so having to teach these kids um, civics and economics was not the easiest thing. Um, You know, a lot of times I would say, well, this is how it should be, guys. Uh, Like, this is how it should go, um, yeah. guys. Um, you may not be seeing a, uh, the best example or the best model, um, right. um, but this is how it should go. Um, so, you know, but they had an insight like none other, right? These kids had an insight and to get them to talk about these things, to get them to talk about Roe versus Wade, right, and the overturning of that, um, to get them to talk about um, Black Lives Matter and the protests. Um, right. Get them to talk about these real issues that they're going, that, you know, that they see. Right. Um, yeah. The COVID, um, uh, uh, George Floyd. Right. Um, so when that happened during 2020, um, these kids saw that and they were asking me, right, like questions about it. And I said, well, you know, I'm going I'm to give you the truth. You know, Um, and so I kind of tailored my, you know, course to add in a lot of Black Lives Matter, to add in um, a lot of things, um, you know, kind of, you know, explain um, the history behind and how it connects to to their today, right? Mm. So how the civil rights movement literally connects to Black Lives Matter. Um, And a lot of them never knew that connection and never could make that connection. But Um, we were able to talk about that. And now I'm talking to like 13, (laughs) 12, and and, uh, some 14 and 15-year-olds. So, you know, that was, um, yeah, definitely discussions. Um, And also, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you do pick up a lot of insight from these Mm -hmm. uh, kids because when their mind is actually present, like this is where they like come up with the, Ideas that you wouldn't think of as an adult because as an adult you always kind of right. have the negative part of your brain That's always saying, uh, let's not do this because But right. it, as a kid, right. you're not really thinking of all that. You're just kinda you just kind of This pops in my head. Let's do it. This pops let's, in my head. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. And they're just they give you different insights. So like, what was, just to ask you know, your question before kind of getting to your last part of what you were talking about, just mm-hmm. what was the most eye-opening experience that you learned from one of your students? Just, it could be
1: a specific one or a group of students. What was the most eye-opening experience for you? Hmm. Um, eye-opening experience. Um, yes, uh, eye-opening experience um would have been I'm thinking of one student in particular. <laughs> um this student loved um history, like loved history and loved my class and to really see um that student like grapple um with a lot of these topics um was really eye opening um to see that a lot of these kids um they say things and they you know experience life through the lens of what they've always been told um mm-hmm. and it it's never uh, it's like i could it, it was like i can i can't all i can't even fault um you know sometimes them for the some of the language that they would use you know um they were you know, ignorant to a lot of facts. Um, And, you know, and you would think like, oh, you know, they're getting facts from you, right? They're getting facts from you, the teacher. But it was really eye-opening to see like, man, a lot of these kids just do not know. Um, And um, they, I can't lie to them, you know? So it's like that, that I had to come to grips with. Now, you know, I can't tell them everything. Right, um, we only have um, but so many weeks and so many days um, in school, um, but um you know, I kind of made it a little bit of my mission. I was glad I had flexibility um, within I was at a charter school private day placement, so um I had a lot of flexibility um, to be able um, to weave in like and 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 give them like the truth the true facts um, videos on the matter, um, you know, so it was it was really um. I open it is to see that uh, the lack of knowledge or the what what they just did not have, um, you know, skills in even math, right? Like like a lot of math. Math
0: is is like an interesting subject to teach because you kind of learn a lot about students, even though it's simple as math, like finding answers. You learn a lot, like in terms of answering answering questions, asking questions. And like, Writing
1: out your answers. Yes, you know. writing out your answers. You um, figure out a lot about the person. Right. And I was like, wow, like you guys, you missed a lot. And then I had to think about their backgrounds, right? So some of them may have missed out on kindergarten or missed out on first grade or third grade for whatever reason, right. um, you know? And so I had to think about that. Okay, well, there are gaps in in your learning, but, um, you know, some some of the like basic fundamentals um, it was very eye opening, you know, to see like 14, 15 year olds, um, you know, not know some of these basic things. Um, so, it, you know, it, it caught it caught me by surprise. <laughs> um, but now it's, um, you know, it, I is par for the course a, a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of, um, you know, say, OK, well, let me explain everything, you know, or let me break it down, um, you know, and some students. Um, will pass as if they do know um, the material or do know what's going on, um, but they do not. Um, And, you know, just feeling the pressure. Yeah, those are the funniest students. You know, the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the pressure to perform. I was like, look, if you're... I was one of those type of teachers, uh, or I was one, oh, goodness. I am one of those type of teachers um, where, you know... You're trying your attempt is, is, you know, it's, yes, it's half the battle, but I will praise you for that. You know, like I will um, make sure that you know that you can get it wrong. Like, it's okay. Um, I think, you know, um, leaving space for a kid to get it wrong, like really develops um, your relationship with that kid. You know, it really um, complements it because they're like, they've always been told that you got to get it right. You got to be perfect. You got to, you know, do it um, um, with perfection, right? Um, but what is it when you get it wrong? Um, you know, okay. All right. So you got it wrong. All right. Let's, let's take it from step one. All right. Let's go back to the basics with it. You know, kind of like giving them that um, that confidence to attempt to do it. Um, right, because a lot of times, and if they're anything like me, um, would freeze up. You know, right. if you did not know, um, if I did not know something, I was just the the one who I just wouldn't want to try. I wouldn't want to attempt a, a, it. But um, you know, I had great teachers along the way, and my mom, <laughs> you know, my parents um, would um, encourage me to just do it, get it wrong, and if it's wrong go back and try it again. You know, um try fail and adjust, right? Um yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's a beauty in that and and relaying that to a kid um who thinks that they have to be perfect. Um and that will kind of scare them, you know, even though they're not going to behave like it scares them, they're going to put on that that image, remember that we talked about before? Yeah, the image, um, yeah. That, you know, that facade um, to mask what they're really feeling. And it is a fear of failure. It's a fear of not getting it right. So they're going to act up. They're going to run out the classroom. They're going to tear up the yep. paper. They're going to toss over the desk <laughs> in some cases. Um, uh, but um, th- the thing about it is they... Um, have to know that it's okay to get it wrong. Um, And what I've seen from those students particularly, um, when they know that this is a safe space for you to get it wrong and then we kind of try fail and adjust, like we adjust it, um, uh, they, they made the most progress. Yeah, so
0: yeah i think that's where you see the most growth out of people in general i mean i feel right. like you know with the the teaching that you do the environment you cultivate you can kind of see it in life you know mm-hmm. people that kind of try to put themselves mm-hmm. out there and try not to feel like they have to be perfect right and right. they understand that you know failure is a part of life It they, is. they understand that Okay, I'm gonna. I need to make sure I at least try, because then I yeah. know I failed. And once I know I failed, I know I can pass because I've I've already figured out how I failed. Mm-hmm. So I'll or try to find a way to succeed. Right, and right. you know, it's about having that belief, having that faith, and believing that you know this isn't just a right and wrong situation. This isn't me trying to be perfect. It's just me actually having that faith that I can get to the right place I need to be. You know. Yeah, that's so right. And speaking and- of faith. You know, speaking of faith, funny enough. You <laughs> mm-hmm. you you were in a religious school, but how did your beliefs help you with your profession and teaching? Like what kind of what kind of religious beliefs kind of played into your teaching or what kind of things did you learn as you were teaching? Did you feel certain kinds of messages throughout your teaching mm-hmm. with the children that you were teaching over time? Did you find just your faith being renewed or your faith being even stronger whilst you was teaching, like what kind of things did you learn during that process, religiously speaking?
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, it was all <laughs> um, a faith-based journey for me because remember, I did not want to teach. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I um, you know, didn't want to teach. And so my appreciation um, of the, the actual art of teaching really increased. Um, and I had to have faith, right? I had to have faith that, you know, that I was going to be able to actually do well. Um, I was going to be, <laughs> uh, provision would come, right? Um, you know, teachers don't make as much, um, right? Um, so the yeah, reward that's, is-
0: That's 100% true. That's the truth. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's the truth. Um, that's why I'm a business owner as well, right? So, um, <laughs> But the thing about it is it, provision is always there. Um, right, if it's your calling, right. I think that there are two different, um, two different tracks. Um, there are people who do things because um, they're doing a job, right, and the right. job needs to get done, and they they're just clocking in and then clocking out, and then they go, um, then they go and build their um, a dream, right, or their. Mm. Um, uh, what, what they um, aspire to like really um, like affect change and in um, the world and um, do some great things with, sometimes it's volunteer, volunteering, right. You know, sometimes people, I've heard this a lot. I just want to be passionate about what I do. And, you know, and right. so, you know, people will do their nine to five and their clock in and out. The beautiful thing about teaching, and uh, not all teachers see it this way, but I see it the way I see it is that it is a profession where um, you are making the most impact and the, the, um, you're helping. Um, you're, it's a calling to me, right? Um, to me, it is a calling. Um, and you know, some would say it's like a, a religious calling. Right. Um, I personally do believe that, you know, um, I have these giftings and I'm meant to do this um, and I'm meant to be at the schools that I uh, have taught for. um, Right. For the time and the duration that I'm there, Um, you know, I I have a deep appreciation, um, you know, for it, um, for teaching, um, because it's, you know, it is one of those professions that's needed. Right, it's very important, Um, and um, it's not always. uh, This is not always um, acknowledged. It's not always praised, Um, but it's not about the praise, right? So it's not about that. Um, For the real teachers, you know, um, they're gonna say, you know, the reward is different. Um, The reward is actually seeing the progress in that child. Um, you know, and that's faith, man, like there were a lot of students where I was their only hope, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, talk about hope and faith, talk about that. Um, you know, and they, uh, magically every year, um, they would get put out and then they would come back to the school and they would end right back in my class, you um. know, um, but that's a testament to, you know, they know Mr. Best can handle it. They know um, and that, you know, they feel safe um, in Mr. Best's class, you know. So I, I, I don't just think that that is just, you know, me in my own talents and my own ability, right? I do think um, that is something greater than me um, at work, right? Um, so, you know, I definitely would say... Um, that faith is, you know, everything that I stand on in my career in education. Um, so, you know, it, it's the driving force. Um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, it definitely moves me. Um, you know, it is, it's a passion, right? You know, and as much as I did not want it to be my passion, <laughs> um, I, 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 I've come to grips um, with um, it, in, it being it. You know, I've come to grips with it being it and being okay um, in it. Right. Being okay operating in it, um, not holding anything back. um, And truly, you know, because, you know, when I when I'm there and I'm on it, you know, it, um, you know, and so, um, you know, I don't take it. I don't take it lightly at all. um, You know, truly, like I I believe, you know, my personal belief is it's a gift from God you know, and who am I to kind of, um, downplay, um, a gifting that's, uh, you know, not of this world. Right. Um, so yeah, so I definitely, um, yeah, I, I definitely see it as, um, it like, you know, my beliefs have definitely helped and assisted, um, my profession.
0: That's amazing man that's that's amazing you you put it quite right. nicely for me I remember I, I think I saw a video of uh, Adele I don't know the, the singer you know the singer Adele yeah, she yeah. was she had um she was uh, collecting an award and um I think I think she was giving a speech and she was just talking about one of her teachers that she had for like mm-hmm. a very long time ago she said she had like a massive impact on her life mm. and she just kind of talked about her and like they didn't let her know that the teacher was actually there in the oh, car she yeah. actually came to a ward and like she was wow. able to see her and she just kind of broke down and just cried and just gave her a big hug and it yeah. was like that 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 in itself like what you just told me just kind of mm-hmm. spoke to me. That just reminded me of that because it was like yeah, yeah people don't know that teachers have an impact on yeah. a, a person's life. But it's not talked about, you know, it's like, it's that, it's exactly like aligned with faith because there are people Mm -hmm. that are giving people this level of teaching, but it's not necessarily talked about. It's not meant to be lauded about. It's meant to be kind of something that is served. Like you always say, like you've Mm -hmm. been saying, you serve these people and when you serve these people, you're not looking for the acknowledgement. You're just serving based on the basis of serving the people to be the best
1: version of themselves. That's right. You know, that's right. Yeah. I, I think I saw that clip. You know, and I would agree, um, you know, some of the the greatest teachers um, that, you know, have been in, you know, my journey and my path um, who, you know, really um, um, instilled so many values and virtues in me um, at a young age and then at UVA and then at Duke, you know, were some, like the reason, you know, why I teach, like, I was like, I, I literally sound like them sometimes, you know, in the classroom. And I'm like, wow, like that is not me. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know that even then I was getting, I was gaining um, that, um, that language, right. Um, um, that perspective, you know, it was, right. it was forming me for this, present moment, right? Like for this moment that I'm in. And so, you know, grateful for those teachers um, who've come before, you know, and, you know, I always go to like, you know, because my mom is an educator. So I always got to give her a shout out. Yeah, Um, you can never run away from that educational
0: educational family tree right now.
1: Listen, she was the first to tell me. And uh Well, so, you know, well that's person. that's
0: amazing. Like honestly, like it's been amazing having that kind of discussion about just the mm-hmm. the idea of teaching and it just gives me a different perspective and I actually have a much more understanding and I've always had an appreciation for it. I understood mm-hmm. the, the kind of impact they had, but it was an impact that nobody necessarily spoke about. It's like a like the unsung hero mm-hmm. basically. That's what people right. that's what I would say. So it truly is. How have you actually grown as a teacher while in school and actually in your life? Like how has teaching helped you grow just as a person and a teacher and then also as a human being in your life? How has it helped you grow?
1: Yeah, Um, it has definitely helped my communication skills. (laughs) Like I will definitely say that, um, you know, being a teacher, you have to break things down. You have to sometimes uh, re um, explain things again, right. Yeah, um, reframe it, yeah, reframe stuff things. Like that. yeah. So, um, it has <laughs> definitely helped me, um, you know, as, you know, as it pertains to communication, um, you know, like I, I've learned that, oh, wow, you know, I, I can be better. I can definitely get better at that. Um, you know, it's helped me, um, to, um, really like, uh, really, like, um, I guess, like, be able to um, bring people together, right? There's, right. like, a, a a great, you know, gathering grace <laughs> that I have as well, um, you know, being able to um, unite, you know, groups, be that glue um, sometimes. So, you know, even in other um, social things that I do, I'm able to um, kind of, like, make that um, that that's that space, that atmosphere, um, you know, where people feel comfortable to um, to have a discussion, right? To um, to you know, kind of uh, learn something new, you know, um, and be able to ask questions, and you know, um, not feel intimidated, um, you know, in that. Um, so that that's definitely what teaching has helped me. Um, teaching has really helped me. Um, manage and plan uh, <laughs> because I, um, you know, um, I wasn't really big on it. Like, I guess I didn't really think about it. Um, right. You know, I was always a good student, obviously, you know, UVA kids, you know, we are good <laughs> students. Um, we're great students. You know, that's the reason why, you know. Um, but uh, it, you know, being a teacher, you have to be like on your P's and Q's um, when it comes to lessons, objectives um, lesson planning, right? Um, right. so, you know, having something like regimented where, okay, you got to have this in by this certain time. Sometimes it won't in, <laughs> Um, but you know, at that time, you know, sometimes it wasn't in at that time. Um, but just having that, you know, um, like you need to, um, you know, do this write up or do this or have this IP done by this time it helps you you organize your stuff um and you know so even like even throughout the day like oh man i gotta i have to do this um really quick or send this summary really quick um or if it was like i told the kids that i was gonna make homework for them oh let me go find this homework assignment to to get these kids you know uh something really quick but you know I'm um, really like, you know, staying on on your, your schedule, staying on what you say and literally um, producing what you say you're going to produce. Um, um, that's a big deal because kids will let you know. <laughs> um, you said that you were going to do this and you said that you were going to do that. <laughs> I, was like, I sure did. They will keep you honest. Um, so like that um, has been like a great thing with teaching and I've, um, that I've gained. Um, You know, just keeping honest, um, you know, um, being a planner, um, you know, all that good stuff. Well, I'm glad you were able to take a lot from your profession and actually
0: apply it to your life. I mean, I'm sure people people can get the benefits of that wonderful communication and being a Mm -hmm. gatherer and being a lovely orator with the people around you. I'm pretty sure that's great to have. Um, So I'm going to kind of reel it back a little bit here as we're coming to the conclusion of our episode. Um, What would you say to Sam when he was about maybe five years old, running around in the house? If you were able to just go and talk to him and, you know, pat him on the, the back and like, Hey, what would you
1: tell him? Boy sit down somewhere. No, I'm just (laughs) (laughs) um uh gosh, what would I tell? Man, um, I would tell him to believe in himself, right? Um, no matter um, you know, how hard it gets, um, believe in yourself, believe in your creativity, right? Right. Be as creative as you wanna be. Don't hold yourself back um just because others um don't always see things the way you do. Um, it's gonna be your best quality. It's gonna be your best quality growing up. Um, you know, shine, you know shine, um, don't hold back um, a lot of times you know you're gonna wanna you know shy away from answering the questions or raising your hand or being the spotlight right like letting the spotlight be put on you um, but be okay with that, you know um, you know people are gonna. Have their own opinions regardless on whatever you do in life. Um, so believe in yourself and um, just make things happen, right? You know, you got this. Um, So that's definitely what I would tell my five year old. So
0: lovely. And to conclude this episode, we are going to have the start of a new tradition. Okay. And Sam is going to be part of this new tradition. All right. And I'm going to just it to you right now so Mm -hmm. if you were to wrap up this episode in one word or sentence
1: what would you say the profession of teaching is like none other um is truly um the driving force in life it's truly the driving force in life
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Sam, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, it has. Awesome. I really enjoyed this uh podcast with you. This episode's been lovely. I've learned a lot in over an hour. I feel like mm-hmm. I've, been, I feel like I was sitting in your classroom just listening to the oh. the teacher <laughs> teach me about his life. But oh, wow. honestly, it was, it was, it's been amazing. And um, I really thank you for coming on here and taking your time out of your day to. Come on and share your insight and knowledge, and I'm sure that people would love to hear your story and just put a more respect on teacher's name. You know, we got right. more respect <laughs> on teacher's <laughs> names out here. Right, put a little
1: respect <laughs> on it.
0: But yeah, honestly, it's it's been great. I really do appreciate you. And to oh, conclude no the episode, guys, guys, please try to follow the Rapid Podcast, subscribe, um, write a review you know, share with family and friends and wherever you guys are. I hope you guys are having a lovely day wherever you're at and please just be safe, try to be as safe as you can. And Sam, do you have anything you'd like to plug where people could find you? Maybe, you know, any social media kind of outlets you'd love people to find you. If they ever have questions to reach out to you.
1: Yeah, um, uh, definitely my LinkedIn. Um, I am on there. That's um, um, how I found you, <laughs> right? You know, we got through LinkedIn, right? You know, um, so my my name's Samuel Best. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, all that good stuff. You know, um, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think just yeah, just looking at my name, Samuel Best. Um, you'll be able to find me, um, on LinkedIn, and um, I'm Sam Best on Facebook. Uh, I guess right. somebody somebody took my name. There's a lot of sand best out there. Let's see. Right, let's see. Right. There's a lot of sand best. Um uh but definitely uh educator. Um, you'll see middle school teacher that will be changing pretty soon.
0: Yes, sir. Congrats um, on wait. the new opportunity.
1: Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to just thank you um um for this podcast. This was a great, um, great discussion, you know. Um, I think it was a beautiful way um to um to move into this um new uh, journey um, that I'm going on um, with Richmond Public Schools. Um, right. So, this was a wonderful, like, um, kind of like a, a wonderful um, pre- prelude, um, so to speak. Um, so, I, I appreciate you and thank you um, for this opportunity. My first podcast.
0: Well, I'm glad to be part okay. of your story. So we'll okay. keep the story going. So yes, sir. I, like I said, I appreciate it. Uh, th- I will leave your social media links in the description, guys. His media links will be in the description so you can go follow yeah. him, whether it be LinkedIn or Facebook, and shoot him a message about any questions in terms of teaching. Maybe he'll tell you to read a book or something. We'll figure that out <laughs> another time. But regardless, awesome. guys, I really do appreciate your time and I think it's about that time to wrap it up, people. Peace.